Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to Mulmaneal Property with John Pigeon and Emily Wallace. If you've been tuning in in the last few weeks, we've done a couple of episodes. One, the buying process before you buy, so what we need to take into account there. And then last week's episode was on searching and securing a property, which is the real exciting stuff. So we're going to bring to you today, we've searched and secured a property. Now what do we need to be thinking about? So plenty of good stuff to talk about today. Let's get into it. Now, for those of you who have just tuned into part three, it would be advisable to listen to part one and two, but we're happy to have you all the same. For context, particularly at the post-purchase mark, John does focus in his business a lot on investment properties, whereas I focus more on owner-occupiers. And the post-purchase, there's probably a lot more involvement in the investment part because for obvious reasons, property managers, tenants, all the rest of it, which we will touch on, but also in the home ownership piece, it's long-term planning and whether that property you're buying will actually be a stepping stone property that you flip into an investment, what you need to consider. So we're going to get into all of that. I think probably the biggest thing is understanding what the first step to take is post-purchase and maybe let's start with the investor. Okay, so we've agreed on a price, we've secured that price, we've signed the contract And it's probably, like we said last episode, it's subject to a few conditions. Yes. Right. So those conditions still may be playing out post-agreement of price. So we might have a seven-day cooling off or a 10-day or whatever's been negotiated in the contract where we might have to get a building and pest inspection done and it needs to be satisfactory. We need to get our finance sorted, so evaluation needs to come from the bank to make sure we can lend on that amount. And based on those two, we need to then come to the conclusion that by the time we go unconditional after those seven or 10 days, that we're good to go. Purely unconditional, there's no turning back, we've got to pay our money. Correct. So once we've agreed on the price as an investor, We need to make sure that we're getting the mortgage broker and the the building and pest inspector and the conveyancer all on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I like to, when I'm working on behalf of a client, get them all into an email together and say, look, this is what's been secured. Here's a copy of the contract. This is when we can get inspection times done. Broker, here's the contract for the valuation and away we go, right? So that way they all know each other now and can go back and forth with each other if they need to, but it makes the process nice and streamlined. So that's what I would do if I was looking for my property on my own. And through those seven days, we want to make sure that the real estate agent is well on board to be able to get access to the property for the building pest inspection to take place. And there might be anything else that needs to be done. So you might be going through the property yourself 
if you might not have done that earlier <laughs> and to make sure that, that everything's above board. Correct. So once that is all sort of taken place, those conditions are ticked off, you're building a pest, come back, you've met your finance clause because also the agent will have to arrange access for evaluation if a physical evaluation does take place. Yes. So all those things happen and if all those conditions are, are met, it's now considered an unconditional purchase. I mean, there's no more conditions outstanding. You're basically in a bit of a holding pattern until your settlement. That's right. Which could be you know, 30, 60, whatever days afterwards. Yeah. So you might have put down, say, a 5% deposit and the remainder is due upon settlement of the property. Yes. Yeah. So yep. let's say in this example that it's a 90-day settlement. So yep. yeah, there's a pretty long holding pattern, isn't there? Yes. But I don't mind that because what that gives you time for is there may be a tenant in there or, or the owner would be in there. They've got time to get themselves out of there. Or if the tenant wants to stay on, it gives us time to choose a property manager to then make sure that everything's going to be sorted and we've got either a new tenant in there for day one or we've got the existing tenant moving into that new arrangement on the current rental price. Correct. So as you're sort of waiting for sediment to roll around, there will be communication from both the conveyancer or solicitor and your broker with a series of documents that you need to sign, site, get organised yes, and prepare for settlement day. Settlement day, a lot of people go, do I need to physically be somewhere for settlement day? Like, where do I need to be? Yeah. But you don't actually need to be anywhere apart from if you want to collect the keys from the agent's office once it's all gone through, then of course. But you don't actually need to, you don't need to be at the bank, you don't need to be at the conveyancer's office or anything like that. No. You'll just get a phone call. Yeah. Like back in 1980, that's how it was done. And they did need to meet somewhere. (laughs) But now we're 2022. That's a pretty streamlined process. And and actually, we had one last week where we were doing a pre-settlement checklist and we couldn't get access for some reason. The tenant was being difficult and whatever else. So we actually had to make sure the settlement was like three or four hours later in the day. And that was not an issue. It was just a simple two conveyances talking together saying, yeah, this is when we're going to do it. Okay, cool. Let's, let's sort that out. But in lead up to that settlement day, there's a few things that we need to take into account. And the big one is making sure you've got your insurances in place. Oh, yes. So as an investor, you need building and landlord's insurance, and that is an absolute non-negotiable. And your lending firm will also need your building to be insured to a certain amount. Yes. Now, you can talk to your mortgage broker and say, look, how much do I need to insure it for? They'll check with the bank and the bank will say, yeah, 350000 Okay, that's the minimum that you need on the policy and you need to have your lender as the uh, nominee on the insurance policy, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's CBA or whoever it might be. But you need to look at that building and say, right, what would it cost me to replace that building in today's climate? And it's a tricky one because like, again, I had a client that insured it for 550,000, but we probably only need 400,000 to build what they wanted to build. Um, So we bring that back and we're probably paying about $300 less a year for that. Yeah. But some people feel more comfort in the fact that they're insuring it for a little bit more. So really up to you, but absolutely minimum is what the bank required you to insure it for. Another thing that might unfold during that holding pattern time is if it's a vacant property and you are an investor and you want to get a tenant in, in an ideal situation, the tenant moves in a few days after settlement's taken place. 
So what you might have negotiated in the terms of the contract is that you would have access for the purpose of rental inspections and maybe even some photos to take place so that uh, applications can be received and approved so the tenant move-in date, you're basically making money from day one or two Mm. of having them in the property. Yeah, for sure. And as an investment and you are getting a tenant in, you need to make sure that you've done your due diligence on the property manager. Now, a lot of... (laughs) agents will encourage you to use their property management firm. Okay, I get a sale of the property and I get the property management. It's like a double whammy. Beautiful. You don't need to use the existing property manager. But as I say to my clients, sometimes it's easier, provided that we've ticked off that they're competent, just to make that process of settlement go a little bit easier because they've already got the keys in their team, etc. It's not a necessity, but it can make it easier for the short term. And if you don't like them in the first six months, you can move them on and choose someone else. But knowing that you've done your DD, your due diligence on property managers in the area, especially if you don't live in that area. And again, online reviews, Rate My Agent uh, has property managers in there, doesn't it? I believe so. You can uh, you can ask you 10 questions of each of those managers. And I was running a session last night for some investors and one of the comments that I made there was, I really like the 55-year-old lady that's head of property management that treats her as though it's their own. They've been there 20 years. They're, they're really friendly. Their really attention to detail is great, but they're hard. They're yes. really hard-nosed to yep. make sure that they're batting for you, yes. not necessarily the tenant, which I find is starting to turn a little bit. There's a lot of property managements that are really tenant-focused. Yes, Indeed. And I think what's really important to note is the property management industry has a high turnover rate. Mm. Uh, So someone who has been in the game a long time is a good one to be looking at because unfortunately, maybe the more junior ones that come through, they don't necessarily last too long. So you want some consistency where you can. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take a break soon, but we need to also think about if we were strategic when we bought and said, look, we're going to make some improvements to this property, uh, we may actually organise a lot of those trades in advance while we're waiting for the property to settle so that day one, if we want to get those improvements done, the, the trades are basically ready to go. So that can save us two or three months of lag time, especially in the current climate where trades are very hard to come by. Correct. And you could even look at a licensing agreement if you wanted early access. Not all vendors are agreeable because you'll often find their conveyance or solicitor advises against a licensing agreement, I find. Mm. But if the property's sitting there vacant, yeah. you know, why not? Absolutely. Get in there yeah. and get stuff done. Yeah. So think about your situation and how you can be ahead of the game in preparation for that longer settlement. And that's all part of the negotiation to know that you might want 90 days instead of 60 because of those things that we need to take into account. And just before the break, one final thing before we sort of reach settlement, settlement, and we move on to true post-purchase yep. would be your pre-settlement inspection. Yes. So you always have access for a pre-settlement inspection. It's written into the contract that you will have access for the purpose of that. Generally speaking, you want to get it done as close to settlement as possible, but allowing time for communication between the conveyances should there need to be something addressed, i.e., you know, we went there, we've been entitled to vacant possession, but we noticed there's some rubbish still left in the front yard. We need that removed before we move in. Yeah. So we usually try and do them 48 hours prior to the settlement date and certainly 
no earlier than a week no. before. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. It's just, again, kick the tyres, making sure everything's okay before we uh, officially take over the property. Yeah, and Turn maybe... Turn the lights on. Yeah, one thing I was going to say, electricity, make sure that the electricity will be connected so you can test things when you go. And then usually that's the point where you turn the mains off so your electricity can be connected on settlement. There's, I mean, I know there's pre-settlement checklists floating around the internet and stuff, but the biggest thing is to make sure it's been left in the condition that you inspected it in, in order to ensure that you would most likely be taking a video of the property when you inspected it to refer back to. Absolutely. Yep. Very good. Quick break. We'll be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. So settlement's taken place. We're now in what I would call true post-purchase. You have ownership of the home and you're now thinking what next. If you are an investor, maybe you've already had some tenancy applications with your property manager and someone's moving in or maybe you've had to wait for that because the property was occupied and you know that's all unfolding. If you are a homeowner, now it's the process of, I guess, deciding what to do with that property, whether you do tend to it Maybe it needs paint, carpet, things done to it before you move in. But one thing I'd be very careful about when you're doing improvements prior to living in a property, and we've spoken about this before, is not making any major changes until you've actually lived in the property and understand the practicality of what you might do. Yeah. So you mean I can't go and spend 50 grand on furniture and deck it out day one? I just have to Mm -hmm. wait and see what's going to work? Well, maybe not so much furniture, but if there were floor plan changes or design things that you wanted to change, maybe just to let it sit. We do have this mentality, particularly millennials, mm. we want everything now, we want it done, we want it all finished before we move in, but there is merit to actually residing in the property, getting used to the quirks and then making the changes and also prioritising the changes. What you thought might be important yeah. from a cosmetic point of view might not actually be that important. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Have that time in there to get used to it and uh, and then you'll figure it out down the track. You don't have to have everything tomorrow. Nope. From an investment point of view, 
our company from a buyer's agent um, perspective like to have a post-settlement meeting. Oh, okay. Right. It's yep. like a almost like an AGM yep. to say, right, <laughs> what have we done? What do the numbers look like? So we, we'd get out our property analyzer calculator and we'd, we'd absolutely know now we've got a tenant, what does our cash flow look like before tax, after tax and, mm-hmm. and give a clear run of that and also some forecasting to say, well, what might the next steps be? Because we're investors, the next time to buy is when we can. Yes. So we would we would place some forecasting with that mm-hmm. and, and also just make sure that we, if we need any buffers for that property, that we would have them on hand uh, with, our, with our savings plan. So making sure we've got a property buffer as an investor. For mm. sure. Now, there was an episode we've done previously with an accountant, Scott. Yeah, Scotty Young. Scotty Young who had some great tips on keeping records to do yes. with your investment property as simple as um, a Google Drive with your you know, invoices of any outgoings, your rental statements. So come tax time because mm. that's the biggest thing as an investor. You need to be prepared. That's yeah. another stream of income. You've got to run it like a business, totally. um, keep track of all those things. So that would be at that definitely by that point in time, post-purchase, you would have that set up and just get in the habit of monthly checking in on what documents there are. Yeah, that's kept. right. And, and that probably reminds me of love, having that folder having your insurances in there, having your contract in there, having your monthly statements from your agent. But the beauty of having a property manager to look after all of that, to know that every 12 months come June 30, you're going to get an annual statement that has all your income, all your expenses in it, email straight to the accountant, go and do your work. All you need is the bank interest that uh, to, to add to that and it's all done for you basically, isn't it? The only thing that I might not have on there personally is I might like to look after my own insurance because I want to haggle. Yes, that's fair. But yeah, it's really easy and it just points to why you would always have a property manager to be honest. And just a side note on that, in property management selection, myself and I actually know of others as well, our property management decision has been based on the fact of what systems and tools they use. So for example, there was one company who didn't have an online program where you could log in and see like your property portfolio and, you know, PDF versions. They were still paper-based. Right. You might find that more in regional towns and things like that. Yeah, a bit clunky. Mm. But look, as an investor, I would always go with a property manager who has a software that you can log into and you can actually see you know, the pictures from the inspections and you can see the statements and it, I'm running tally of money in, money out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's important. Especially for you tech heads that just love to be online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I.e. all millennials. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else for Owner Ox before we finish off on the investor piece? Uh, look, I think the biggest thing for Owner Ox is definitely forward thinking and it's probably more about as I touched on that stepping stone property, if you are going to flip it to an investment, to be aware of what you need to do when it does become an investment. We've done an episode fully dedicated to that process, but more generally, when you do make the decision that you're going to move out of that property and then have an income coming from it, contact your accountant, make sure you've got all your ducks lined up to make it very effective in the way that you do it. Yeah. So you mean like putting money in the offset as opposed to paying down the property as an option, like to maybe Ooh, possibly. draw it back out, like just strategic things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, 
that. And then also, you know, at the point of changing it to an investment property, getting a valuation done. Yes. So from that point in time, it's, you know, for capital gains and things like that, understanding yeah. at what point in time the use of the property changed. Mm. Just little things that you need to be across if you do change the use. If you're not changing the use of the property and you might be using a stepping stone to sell and then buy something else, post-purchase, you're thinking about how can I build more equity outside of just relying on the market growing. Yeah. And that's that, you know, cosmetic reno once you've lived in it for a little bit, yeah. upgrades that might be weekend projects over time, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like the homeowner piece is just enjoy it. Yes. I think people forget that you work so hard to own your own home. Totally. Spend time at home. Yeah. Enjoy it. Have dinner parties. Invite yeah. friends over. That sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Just get them to clean up before they leave. Yeah. Sort of thing. <laughs> do the Someone dishes. on dish duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From an investment point of view, I think the big one at the moment, and it always should be, but definitely every six months or 12 months is check in and get a rent review done by your property manager. And and you shouldn't have to lead that. They should be coming to you to say, look, rent review is up in two months time. The lease is up. This is what we think you should be charging. Are you comfortable with that? And then you can go back and forth and find a happy figure because, um, yeah, it's your business and, yeah, you don't want to kick someone out if they can't afford the property, but at the same time you've got running costs there as well. So, yeah, rent review every 12 months along with the insurances every 12 months review. And, and I'm finding the insurances have gone up quite a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and we just got insurance for a property last week. And we used Terry Shear. Yep. Because we've had multiple properties, we've been able to get a discount, which actually mm-hmm. made it quite attractive. So they like loyalty. But there's plenty out there. So do your shopping in respect to what it covers. And you always want... Uh, rent default, loss of rent, malicious damage over and above, obviously, the building amount that you're insured for. Indeed. Good tip on the insurance front. Yeah. Without me being an insurance broker. Maybe. We will get an insurance broker on at one one point for our listeners. That's right. Yeah. So if you're listening and you know a good insurance broker that's actually, well, I shouldn't say actually got a personality, <laughs> but I'm sort of am. <laughs> Someone who's conversational. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's, knows their stuff, but... Is energetic about insurance. Yeah. Yeah, if so that's even possible. Reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Nath, you better edit that out sometime. But in any case, yeah, we'd love to get you on because we do need listeners to understand what the ins and outs are, what we need and what maybe is overkill as well. Indeed. Now, John, I think within this three-part series, we've potentially opened a can of worms because you can't possibly cover off all the ins and outs of buying in this period of time that we've spoken. No. However, it does spark questions and we love questions. So if you've followed for all three parts, congratulations, you have reached the end. You've qualified. (laughs) You've qualified. (laughs) If you still have questions, which I'm sure you will, please put them in the Facebook group. If you don't have Facebook, you can reach out to the podcast directly. Just maybe Google My Millennial Money and then I'm sure there's a contact link there somewhere. Uh, Someone will get to it. But we certainly love content that provokes questions for future conversations. So please don't be afraid to put them forward. We've enjoyed going through this process. It's been a while since we've nutted it out in detail and I just thought it would be a good refresher on everything. Totally. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there'll definitely be a Q&A session on the back of these three sessions. But interestingly enough, as you probably realise, we've been on a bit of a tour around the country Mm. with different events. We've done some property events and done some live podcasting. 
it's not a big note thing for you and I, but it sort of is. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> because we're seeing people in the flesh. Yes. We get to have real conversations to say how long you've been listening, what do you like about mm. it, where do you live, what do you do, what brought you into this podcast world or our world. Mm. Um, and the amount of influence that we have out there mm. is quite outstanding because you and I are looking at each other now just having a chat. Yep. Just two people with, having a chat. <laughs> with no audience. <laughs> no. Um, but at some stage we will get an audience, right? Yeah. And we're very appreciative of that audience. But yes. it's great that we can have a little bit of a difference or make a little bit of a difference in people's lives for the better, hopefully, mm-hmm. and that you're on your own wealth creation journey through property and that it's working out for you. And we know that it's not always uh, plain sailing mm. and we know that there's been an outstanding amount of growth in a lot of areas in the last few years and that won't last forever. But, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and appreciation to the people who, who listen. We wouldn't have a podcast if we didn't have listeners. Absolutely. Glenn would have booted us a long time ago. So, <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> so we do appreciate you. Even if we can't always see you, Yes, we certainly appreciate you and we always appreciate your input on what you want to hear about, what you've learned yeah. as well. And when you recommend us to your friends and your family, that makes us very happy. It does make us extremely happy. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Well, I think that's been a pretty solid three-part series. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it Yeah. and hope you've learned something. Until next time. See ya. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.